What's up? What's up, everybody? This is your girl Shanti Das back again with the Silence the Shame podcast. And guess what? We back in the studio. Hey. What up, Free? What up, Shanti? Oh my God, we're in person. I know. This feels good. This feels, feels... like 2019 <laughs> all over again. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. How you been? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I feel blessed. It's October. Mm-hmm. The year flew by. It's cool outside. It's been a big year. It, it has been like. a big year. Yeah. I'm excited. A lot going on in the world, but we are glad to be here. We're going to just, again, bring some good information to the community. We mm-hmm. create these safe spaces for us to be able to talk about um, some incredible topics. And October is here. And mm-hmm. it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. October 10th is World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited about our in-studio guest today. I've known this young lady. Oh, God, I don't know. 25 years, maybe. Yeah. 20, 25 yeah. years at least. At least. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to read her bio. I'm going to let her tell a little bit about her background because I just feel like it, it just sounds better mm-hmm. when you talk about your brilliance. But um, I am so in awe of her strength. Um how she perseveres through life. I have known her for a long time. I have watched her soar in family, in career, and within health, right? And I'm just so proud of her and all that she's gone through. But in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I had to call upon my dear friend, Tracy Nicole, who is a renowned fashion designer now. And what? Just got back from hey. Fashion Week in New York, hey, y'all. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of her. So let's give a warm silence to shame welcome to Tracy Nicole. Woo! Welcome. Thank welcome, you for having welcome. me, Shanti. Thank you so much for being here. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what got you here today? Well, um, from Decatur. I grew up Where here. Where is greater? Yes. Um, I went to school for occupational therapy, went to school for fashion at night because I was told that wasn't a career Wow! and, um, got married, had two kids, got divorced, followed my dreams, launched a clothing line. And here I am nine years later, mm-hmm. been in department stores, um, Paris Fashion Week, now New York Fashion Week. Getting okay, ready hold on. Land. She said, she just threw that, that in. That ain't light work. Uh, Paris Fashion Week. Okay. Yes. Um, in Four Seasons Retail Spa, launching. I did not know that. That is incredible. Yeah, launching on cruise ships this fall. Yes, excellent. On. First time I'm saying this publicly. So hey, congratulations. Congratulations. So and proud of you. This will be public in about a month. I just did a 15 piece collection for Sheen. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, that is incredible. Yeah. Well, we love you and are so proud of you. Thank and if it's okay, I want to talk a little bit about this other big hurdle. Um, yes, I, sk- I skipped over all the lows. Yes, that's okay <laughs> that you crossed. Um, but again, we're glad that you're here with us today, but you are also a breast cancer survivor. Yes, I am. So I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about when you were first diagnosed with breast cancer and how did you emotionally handled the diagnosis of it in the beginning? So I will say this in the beginning, I wouldn't be here talking to you because Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't something I could even have a conversation about. Mm -hmm. And my mother is a three time 
breast cancer survivor. Wow, mm. God bless She's her. still here and healthy. Oh, we mm. are so God grateful that bless. she's here. Um, being proactive about your health, thankfully, I was raised to do. Like, you know, yeah. going to the doctor every year, getting, you know, as females, getting pap smears. Yeah, getting, not missing that mammogram, animals. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't at the age where you get a mammogram. Okay. But because, and this is why I bring up being proactive Mm -hmm. because you can't wait for someone to tell you to do something to check yourself out. My mother at the time had had breast cancer twice. So I'm having a conversation with my sister and I say, you know, I think we probably should just go get checked just, just because, and my mom was on us about just getting checked. And both my sister and I, we were in our early thirties when we started talking about it. We started talking about it probably for two years. Mm. So the year that we decided to go, my sister went, um, you know, we had different insurances. So she went to one doctor, got her results. My, I think my test was like the following week. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go knock this out. And I remember the day because it was raining and my mom called and she was like, why don't you just reschedule? And I said, no, because it, it's hard to get in. Okay, it's hard to get right. appointments. Um, I said, no, I'm gonna get this over with. Cause it was, a, it was December. It was right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I would have had to wait to the following year. Right. And I said, I wanted to just get it over with. Right. Um, and it was the most devastating thing you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me over the phone mm. and which was a horrible way to find That's out. Hard. Yeah. That feels impersonal. Yeah. Not only was it impersonal, it was, I was by myself at home and, and it was it was devastating. Yeah, it course. was it was so devastating that I just went into denial. Mm. And the type of personality I am, the more painful or emotional something is, the longer it takes for me to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I did not deal with it. I called my sister. I gave myself a moment because I'm that. You know, I grew up with with a mom who did everything, who okay. was my superhero. I never saw her fall down. Right. So I didn't learn how to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn how to, you know, say I need help. I didn't learn how to do those things. Yep. But breast cancer definitely taught me how. And I called my sister. I told her what happened. She was the only person I called. And I cried and I pulled it together. And I literally had um, a self-esteem workshop with young girls that evening. Oh, wow. Like nothing happened. Mm. What? And I have a girlfriend and we all have this girlfriend that we can call and say, hey, we going somewhere, pack your bags. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my rider, my ride or die, Helene, I called her and I said, listen, let's take the kids to Disney World. And um, I just needed to give myself a week to not to think. not to not feel not yeah. think yeah. about it mm-hmm. and i gave myself permission not to deal with it for mm-hmm. a few days and i rented a house in disney we we took the kids on the last day of the trip i told helene and um mm-hmm. of course she broke down and cried yeah of course and so i lined up my doctor's appointments asked my sister to go to each one with me and um i was having surgery had you told your month. mom no. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask that. I didn't tell my mom. Um, and this is where the story gets even bigger. My mom got diagnosed with cancer, with breast cancer the third time the week after I got diagnosed. No oh, wow. way. And she didn't tell me. Oh, wow. What? She didn't tell me. I never knew that. 
No, nobody really knows that, um, wow. except maybe one interview I did for Ford. Okay. Have, have you guys discussed why you didn't tell each other? Um, protecting. Mm-hmm. I knew my mom would be heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't want me to be scared. So mm-hmm. did y'all ever find out though while you were in training? Well, we had to find okay. out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but we both told my sister. So my sister oh. had to walk around with her secret and my oh secret. My it's mm. like, don't tell her, don't tell her. Mm. Um, my surgery was scheduled for January 15th. That's always my anniversary date. Mm-hmm. And it's my founder's day for mm-hmm. Alpha Kappa Alpha. Yes. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> um, but the week before, I have a friend group. Okay. And this is the lifeline friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those people that shut down. I got off of social media. I'm not a very, okay, f- very private at that time, mm-hmm. especially, you know, being married to someone in the music industry. Mm-hmm. I was just very private right. about everything. And this, I completely shut down. Mm-hmm. I got off of everything, but I got my group of girlfriends at the time. We would go to lunch every, once a month. So once a month we would go to lunch. So this particular time, and my friends know me, they know, they know I ain't asking for shit. Yeah. They know, <laughs> yeah. you know, they know I got this. I'm the, I'm the strong friend that you need to check on. Gotcha. And I said, I, I need to talk to you all. I don't want anybody crying. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you all this and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, <laughs> and everybody's like this. And you know some people in my group, Rashawn yeah. and yep. Jenny and Mickey. Mm-hmm. So um, I told them I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm having surgery. I was like, three days away. I'm having surgery on Wednesday and we're going to get through this. Um, and, and that's always been my way of dealing with everything. Yeah. And so they were like this, you know, just like Trying fighting to back it. the tears. Yeah. I told him not to cry. Right. <laughs> and of course, you know, there, there were tears. There were, yeah. you know, but I need, when I say don't cry, I need you to be strong so I can be strong. Yeah. And, and that's how I, and that's how, what kind of friend I am. If you're going through something, I'm going to be strong for you. Right. Um, They put together this team of people because I don't ask for any help. Mm-hmm. And they knew I needed help. I so they created a sense of community for they you. They did. They yeah. did. And, and that's and, important. Right. And it's resources that I didn't even know about. Yeah. You know, the, the meal train mm-hmm. where you create that online calendar yeah. and you don't even have to call anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just sign up. I had three meals a day I had and and me being a single mom mm-hmm. at the time um, where it was just me and two girls, mm-hmm. they took shifts. They mm-hmm. would come over at 6 a.m. to iron my daughter's uniforms, mm-hmm. take them to school, mm. wash clothes, prepare. You Ain't know. nothing mm. like that village, boy. Amazing let me tell Let me tell you, I did not know how much I was loved. I did not mm. know. And even now it makes me emotional because I did not know they had me like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's like, how do you say thank you? And, and you don't and, even have to. You know, we talk a lot about in mental health, about the importance of community right. and mm-hmm. support, no matter what you're going through. Right. Because uh, health is is health, whether it's a mental health challenge or a physical health challenge. And it is about having that. And be, but being able to just open up your yeah. mind and your spirit to be able to welcome that support in and. Yeah. I kind of want to ask you a question. Uh, I want to read something. I read that depression is cancer's invisible side effect. 
and that three in four depressed cancer patients don't get enough help. Survivors often talk about what it's like to slip down into a rabbit hole and climb back out of it. Now, you're talking about your village of support. Were you ever, did you feel like you were in that rabbit hole and were you ever diagnosed with depression or felt like you were depressed through that? Or did your village kind of just really help you through all of that? Definitely my village helped me through. I don't know how I would have gotten through without them. Mm-hmm. And and we had codes because, you know, when you're recovering from breast cancer or any kind of cancer, the last thing you want is someone texting you, how you doing? Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's what people do. Yeah. I let them know, don't text me that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, checking on you mm-hmm. or, you know, it doesn't have to be scientific, but just mm-hmm. just sensitive to yeah. how am a I doing? A place from empathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's yeah. not known. It's it's something that has to be learned. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not, you know, coming down on anyone who right. texts someone the other day and say, how you doing? <laughs> right. Right, right, right. It's something that has to be learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a code for them because I don't like texting conversations. Mm-hmm. I just don't do them. If it's over 10 cents, Two sentences. I will not read your text. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it was all as well. Mm-hmm. They knew I was good. It was just all as well. And um, what always made me feel good was even just getting a smiley face text. Mm-hmm. Even just saying, hey, thinking of you. So you never really went down that rabbit hole on your own when you, moments when you're by yourself? Um, Which that's great if you didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't because of how much... I witnessed, I witnessed a lot of domestic violence as a child. I've gone through a lot of shit. And Mm -hmm. what I learned going through a lot of shit is you can't control what happens to you, but you have all the control in the world on how you respond. Mm -hmm. So I I mean, I had a choice. I had a choice. Did you ever go to counseling for any of that growing up? Um, Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Definitely therapy. Okay. Definitely therapy. Do you think that those things assisted in how you've been able to respond? Absolutely. I'm from Decatur. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen, I was a teenager with an attitude that did not know why I was angry Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. which is why I give back, which is why, you know, Mm -hmm. I when I see young girls with who don't know how to express their feelings Mm -hmm. and, and you can link this to to going through something like breast cancer when you don't know how to respond, you need someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I I created an outlet because I could not talk about it. Mm-hmm. If if you asked me something about it, I would just get choked up. Like I could not have a conversation. This people would ask me to talk about it. And so I emotionally, it was emotionally, mm-hmm. I was suppressing it so yeah. much yeah. that if someone talked about it, you know, the tears were well, but you know, I'm hard. I ain't let it fall. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, right. So um that's changed a lot. Like And do you attribute that to your therapist or to other people who kind of helped you? learn to be a little bit more vulnerable and open um in your circle or i will attribute to i would attribute it to it mostly having children okay mm. they they um showed me a type of love i mm. never experienced in mm. life and they softened me okay they softened me with um affection i didn't grow up with affection yeah and my 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 youngest one she was clinging to me and i'm like this baby want to hug me all the time and yeah. I'm like but it feels good and and she mm-hmm. taught me to be affectionate and she knows that, that. I, mm-hmm. I shared that with her my my kids made me better I, I wanted to ask um with you and your mother having uh both experienced this the first two times um 
were you younger when your mom experienced breast breast cancer? Like, were you a child or was it like in your adulthood? Like, and and watching her go through that process, did it have any effect on your process? It did. And that's mm-hmm. a great question because I think the first time was I was early 20s, so, okay. um, but not a child. Okay. But even in my 20s, and a lot of people do this, they hide it. Mm-hmm. Like, they hide everything. And with my children, I didn't hide it. Mm-hmm. And growing up with a mom that never let me see her cry, that never yeah. let me see her fall yeah. down. They needed to see that you fall down mm. and that people can help you. And they'll help you without wanting something in return. Because I grew up thinking, you know, if someone doing something for me, they must want something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up in Decatur, nine times out of ten, they did. Um, but it it absolutely changed the way that I dealt with them. They needed to see people helping me. They needed to see that I could not do for myself because mm. I couldn't. And they needed to see me fall down and get up and know that that's possible. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I, th- my, my babies were young, so we had to read this book called, um, I think, Mom and the Polka Dot Boo Boo. I'll never <laughs> forget this book because her teachers helped me find a book to let them know. I mean, it's hard for an adult to understand what breast cancer is. Mm-hmm. How do you tell your children what you're going mm-hmm. through? Yeah. So this book helped. And they said, is that why mama, you know, was wearing that scarf? And mm-hmm. And so kids are, Kids are so much smarter than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you tell them, they feel what's going on. Right. So it's better, it's better to let them in. It's better to let them see what's going on. Yeah. Um, them being young, they would go to school. And my oldest, I will never forget, someone told her that her mom was gonna die because she had breast cancer. Mm. Mm. So there were nights where I had to reassure her I'm going to be here. And I knew I was going to be here. You know, mm-hmm. um, I got diagnosed at a stage zero in one month. It went to a stage one. Mm. So and that's an, that had another thing to do with my my response to it, because I was like, OK, I got diagnosed at a stage zero. I went to the doctor on a whim. Clearly, I'm going through this for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, God, just show me what mm-hmm. I'm going through this for, because mm-hmm. it's not to take me out. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so now I can't talk about it. Remember that I mm. get a call from Ford Motor Company. I started this blog. I started this blog. That was my outlet. Mm-hmm. And it's still it was your up. way of journaling. Yes. Which is a form of self-care. And it was um, it's and it's still up beneath the pedals.blogspot.com. I share it with people, young people mm-hmm. going through breast cancer, because when I was looking for things to read or people to talk to, there was nobody young and everything I read was morbid mm. and it was depressing mm-hmm. and it was, you know, it wasn't uplifting. What a great outlet that you created to not only support yourself, but for other young people going through it. Oh, yeah. That's and, a and wonderful sometimes form I'll look of self-care. Back at it, I can't I still can't read it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still can't read it. Mm-hmm. But I'll look back and see how many views it's gotten. And and I, I just share it verbally. I've never it's not it's nothing I've ever advertised yeah. or anything. Mm-hmm. It's always been a personal conversation. And I go, listen, I got this blog. I mm-hmm. love that. That really mm-hmm. brings me to my next question. <clears throat> we have about 10 minutes left. Um, we have a campaign called Healing in Public. And you essentially were healing in public with the blog when you were dealing, you know, both mentally and physically with your diagnosis and treatment. What advice would you give to others who may be also healing in public while dealing with a breast cancer diagnosis? Um, if it's difficult, 
I would definitely say journal. Um, you you have to have an outlet. Mm-hmm. You cannot suppress it. Yeah. You can't pretend like, you know, nothing's happening, mm-hmm. which for me was a reactive response to it. Um, there's so many groups. And I say that loosely because I didn't want to be a part of the groups okay. where they got together and talked about cancer. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to talk about that shit. Right. <laughs> I didn't. And, you know, and that's why, like, when I did my blog, sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I would find good things about what I was going through. Yeah. And I would talk about good things to uplift, you know. So when Ford called and asked me to be a model of courage and they had read my blog. Mm-hmm. And so I now, remember that. Yeah. Now I got to travel the country and talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, how when you say you don't want to do something, God yeah. kind of lines you up. He's you know like, what? But I need you to you do, this. do this. Mm-hmm. You got to do this. Yeah. So I definitely realized I was placed in that position for mm-hmm. an yeah. absolute reason because yeah. more white women are diagnosed, but more African-American women are dying. And it's something oh, that's that scary. It's scary, but it could be better. Mm-hmm. It could be better because. We need to take charge of our health. Yeah. We need to go to, I hear the most, I don't have insurance or insurance won't cover it. There's so many places that will pay for it. Mm-hmm. There's so many places that will cover it. So many organizations right here in Atlanta, but everywhere. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, of course I was working with Coleman. Okay. Um, and then I got Is involved with Susan Coleman. G. Susan Coleman. G. Coleman. Mm-hmm. And I got involved with Coleman Atlanta. But you know, when you, when you get involved, you don't see us. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons I got so involved is because I wanted to understand why are we dying? Mm-hmm. And it's because we're not going to the doctor. You know, God mm-hmm. didn't have this plan for me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we go to the doctor, we're in stage four. Yeah. yeah. And it's too late. And it can be so, scary. I, I've never, you know, thank God was never diagnosed, but I had a couple scares and mm-hmm. I had to get like three or four tests. And by mm-hmm. that fourth test, I was like, okay, now. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. What are we doing? And it's never not scary. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I elected, I elected to have a double mastectomy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, that was hard for me to say when I, yeah. at first. But you know who made it easy for me to say it? Angelina Jolie. Oh. I did the exact same surgery that okay. she elected to have. I remember that, yeah. Because I had two small kids. Mm-hmm. I had a mom who'd been through it twice. And I was mm-hmm. like, and they thought it was drastic because this was nine years ago. Right. They thought it was drastic. Um, but for you, it was the right thing to do. I was mm-hmm. like, no question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would Save tell people, don't get on the internet looking up stuff. Mm-hmm. It will scare the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't get on the internet looking up, you know, things about your decision. Now, Granted, there are some people that's like, I want to know the facts. And right. I wasn't that person. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, just tell me what the procedure is, right. what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't want to know what could go wrong. Yeah. Because mindset has so much to do with healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, what you, how you focus on those things can feel like you're manifesting some, yes. to some degree. Yes. So um, another way I coped with it as a designer, mm-hmm. you know, I was... I could not do anything for eight weeks because okay. the surgery was very serious surgery. Mm-hmm. I had tubes, you know, I was wrapped and mm-hmm. I had three surgeries. Wow. So going to the doctor and I have no pictures. I am not mm-hmm. the person that's like I hear you doing videos and pictures. Yeah. Um, it's It's been nine years and it's still emotional to talk about. Yeah. Absolutely. So the last thing I want to do is look at pictures and relive it. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Other people cope with it by sharing. Right. Mm-hmm. 
other people. So you have to figure out what works for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Whatever works for you. Because I'll see people that share. I have a good friend, Chris Delcy, who did a documentary. She documented the entire experience. Mm -hmm. That was her way. Of, of healing. healing yeah and i called her i told her how brave that was yeah because i couldn't imagine yeah but do you know how many people you're helping that's right by doing that that's right and and you know being vulnerable yeah. <laughs> is the superpower yes yes, yes it is. I, I have one more question um now that you are cancer free um how do you continue to maintain um your mental wellness and um and just healthy ways of coping now through through anything at this point? Um, great question. Being intentional. Mm-hmm. Before I got diagnosed, I was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I was the diehard super mom, mm-hmm. you know, raising two kids, but working all the time and not being present. Mm-hmm. I was working for tomorrow. I was thinking about, you know, what I'm what I'm gonna do and and not just taking the time to be present. Mm-hmm. And so I make sure I take time for me, mm-hmm. whether it's just going to get my nails done or getting a massage or that's important mm-hmm. for your mental and physical. Yes. Um, I take time to work out and Lord knows I have no time to work out between <laughs> kids. And but you have to make time for you. Um, so I make time mm-hmm. and um traveling like making sure i book those getaways so i'm teaching i'm teaching my girls the balance Mm -hmm. because you have to have that balance and self-care is that that prolongs your life Mm -hmm. it absolutely Mm -hmm. does and And i I think stress causes things like breast cancer i think so too yeah Yeah. Yeah. we recently had that conversation yeah i mean i was diagnosed with um cervical spinal stenosis when i walked away from the industry and that was where the fluid wasn't getting to the vertebrae in my neck. And they had wanted me to have surgery on my spine. And wow. like it was a lot of reasons why I walked away. Mm-hmm. And it was a direct result of stress. Stress. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows that had I stayed in that same situation, what else would have manifested? Because we know that best stress can manifest into physical mm-hmm. illnesses. So mm-hmm. you're 100 percent right. But you talked about your girls, too, and. This will be the last question. I know it's a little bit, it might get a little emotional, but I know you're a mom of two beautiful yes. daughters and I'm, it's been such a joy to watch them grow up over the years. Um, one of your daughters was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. How did you manage being present as a mom? And we talked about mm-hmm. some of this without it just getting the best of you, and just falling apart. <laughs> so as a mom, who's never been through depression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the hardest thing to understand. Yeah. So the biggest part was accepting mm-hmm. and understanding. Now, my background being a therapist, mm-hmm. I listened. And um, it's the scariest thought I had is that parent that doesn't listen. Because it's not big. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it starts really little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was paying attention. You know, I had... A, beautiful I I have a beautiful girl that and I use past tense because she's not there anymore but she was in this dark dark place Mm. so dark she didn't want to be here Mm. and I know how it can happen in your house and you not know it yeah I talk to my babies every day even with my oldest being in New York we still talk every day Mm -hmm. she hid it so well Mm. she masked it so well and and people often say I don't 
understand. How did you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's possible. It's doable. Yeah, because yeah. I was that person too. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was so bad I had to pull her out of school mm-hmm. and put her into a program. And I felt helpless. Mm-hmm. I felt helpless. And that led to me understanding that sometimes you don't have to understand. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I had to really step back and say, you know what? I don't understand, but mm-hmm. I need to know how, how do I deal with this? Yeah. And so we would do the therapy sessions together and, and it's parts I still don't understand because mm-hmm. it's like, you have this wonderful life. And, and I think the worst thing you can do is try to force understanding. Right. Mm-hmm. Because however they got to that place, that's right. It's nothing. You can or do to say it. something that won't validate their feelings yeah. or to blame yourself. Yeah. And to any parent that has a child with depression or anxiety, it's it's reminding yourself, I didn't, it's nothing I could have done. Mm-hmm. And the worst question that I would get in the thick of it was, so what do you think happened? So what do you know, mm-hmm. what do you think you could have done? Mm-hmm. Or it's nothing you can do to to make someone not depressed. It's mm-hmm. nothing you can do mm-hmm. to make someone not have anxiety. Um, we learn some things that trigger. Yeah. We learn some coping skill. Like those are the things that were important for me to learn. And you learn ways to help them to your point, cope and heal. Yeah. yeah. To support. Yeah, yeah. To support. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it really led to, this is how I stayed sane. <laughs> <laughs> I started studying Zen okay. and it led to me doing an entire collection around oh, Zen. I love that. And Again, things that are emotional, I just, it's hard to talk about. Yeah. So I started so channeling your energy through, in other ways. Yeah. I, and I healed through creation. Yeah. And so finding my Zen. Now, now when you look back at my Instagram posts, yeah. you'll look a little deeper because you know this background. Yeah. But those posts where I was finding my Zen. I'd love that. It was me accepting what's going on mm-hmm. and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. It is okay. Mm-hmm. that she's depressed it is okay yeah that she has anxiety it is okay that she attempted suicide mm-hmm. it is okay because she's still here that's right and we're getting help that's right and it was one of her psychiatry sessions helped me more than her because the response the psychiatrist gave when um she was like i don't think i'm gonna graduate mm-hmm. and she didn't think she was gonna graduate now as a mom it was like lord <laughs> I ain't Look, right. you're, you're in private school. You got to graduate. <laughs> right. So he said, so what? What if you don't graduate? And I thought about it. I was like, so what if she doesn't graduate? Mm-hmm. And I really did. I accepted that. Yeah. And I didn't put the pressure on. I was like, just do the best that you can. Yeah. That's all. That's all anybody wants. Yeah. The pressure was coming from the expectations. Mm-hmm. She's a straight A student. Yeah. She's, you know, she's in the advanced classes. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, uh, taking Mandarin three advanced, you know, just things that she doesn't have to do. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make you any better than the person that doesn't do it. You know how, right. oh, my child was valedictorian. Right, right. You know, I went to Southwest to camp. I was, never a, be my child. I was a C student. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't get no money for school, <laughs> you know. And then I got to college and I was like, wow, had I applied myself? Yeah. <laughs> but no one taught me that. Right. So, but I don't put that pressure on either one of my children. Yeah. And I think that helped knowing or hearing. Mm-hmm. It's okay. That's right. If you don't graduate, it's okay. Guess what? You'll go to summer school. 
you know, she had gotten accepted in three colleges Mm -hmm. with scholarships Mm -hmm. from her art portfolio. That's how talented she is. So it was important for me to just keep pouring into her the positives. You're so talented. You're so beautiful. But what I do know is when you don't know it within, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what someone else says. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. Mm. What an incredible story and journey. Absolutely. I mean, I wish we had more time. Yeah, I, I, I'm (laughs) just, I'm every time I hear you, like the strength that you exude, like seriously, because I've known you for many years. Thank you, Mama. Thank Mama. I can't keep telling (laughs) you enough, though. Like you are incredible. You are powerful. You are a warrior. Thank you. You, your story matters. Your daughter's story matters. And we, and you know how I feel about you and, and you've been supportive of Silence of Shame. We're just grateful to have had your story and you on the show today. Like, <laughs> I'm just so full. Yeah, very much I'm so. fighting back the tears. <laughs> but um, no, thank you for having I think it's important to talk about what you go through. It and is. Learned, and even if you're just touching one person. And that's why we have this healing. And so, you know, your episode is one of our healing and public episodes. And that's mm-hmm. why we bring on different influencers and celebrities and athletes and everyday people just to talk about how they heal in public. Yeah. Because we, we don't are, post the bad stuff. No, mm-hmm. but you're a walking billboard of something really positive and just such a light of mm-hmm. everybody else healing in public. So we're just grateful to you. Thank you. Can you close us out by telling us about the Tracy Nicole Foundation and how we can stay in touch with you and all the great clothes, how we can buy those clothes? Yes. Hello? Yes. So the Tracy Nicole Foundation was birthed because of all the things that I've been through and the struggle that I've had as a fashion designer. Um, I wanted to give back, not only by helping young girls who are suffering from low Mm self-esteem, but also giving a platform to young designers that, that, um, you know, don't, don't have a clue how to get Mm -hmm. into this billion dollar industry where we African-Americans own less than 1%. Mm. So, um, young girls, entrepreneurship teaching the trace nicole foundation.org is is the website and we're revamping for a new launch in 2023 yay mm. so I, I always say you know if you're you're not walking in your purpose if you're if you're not doing something to serve others and that that's definitely my way so if you want to uh help trace nicole clothing yes where you shop <laughs> <laughs> you look good you feel good that promotes health Absolutely. Um, everything I design is, 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 it has purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Like to the color meanings, to um, the women that I name pieces after. And you don't know this, but I have a Shanti piece. What? Mm. Surprise. What? I have a Shanti piece. Um, well, how did that come They're the pants that I'm wearing. They are in my Zen collection. Um, I do For this. peace. I do this. Because it means peace. I name pieces after people that inspire me. You named it after me? I d- and I don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't cry right now because I already got something going on with my eye. For real, for real? For real, for real. For How real? many Shanti's you know? <laughs> <laughs> you are really... I only know like, one Shanti. I only know one Shanti. I am speechless. Yeah. I d- and I, I, I honestly, I've been dope. doing this since inception. I really do name pieces after women who oh inspire me. A lot of them I don't that even is know. Crazy. Like I mean, in the I'm same collection as the right Serena now. Jumper. We mm. know Serena. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, yeah. and, and I'll say this publicly. She's been trying to get me to come to the showroom. Y'all know I'm a little bit of a tomboy. <laughs> and... I, I have like, my moments. Let me just. Can I just get some? And you know, the weight it's is gonna never. Be the weight is never where I want my weight to be. And I do think some of it is. Says just, every woman. It's my insecurity. Says every woman. Either they're but too I'm thin coming. or they're too thick. Like, I'm gonna say this now. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it here I'm first. <laughs> She's been trying for Please. years, mm-hmm. and I'm just not that girly girl. I have. I have been trying. For she years. has, <laughs> and it is my own insecurities that stop me. And I'll be honest. Well, now. But I'm going to come. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Oh, I love you. That's I was so like, cool. I can't wait to Shanti see the Shanti pants. I wonder if she'll ever pick that yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is just so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we love you here at Silence of Shame. I love and you. And I love everything that you're doing. I love your vulnerability. Thank I you. I love how you give people permission. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Permission to get help. Mm-hmm. permission to accept what they're going through mm-hmm. permission to give life another day mm-hmm. you have shared your story with the world Ciao. and mm-hmm. i applaud you for that thank you yeah it's not every time i share sometimes it's it's, it's still hard you know I'm sure, but it gives yeah. people permission to yeah share. yeah and, I, and that's why i do it yeah because i feel like you know this was my purpose in this kind of second act of my life if you will yeah so and i i, I used to do interviews where it was all fluff yeah i was like yeah tracy cope <laughs> yeah <laughs> so empty so empty well so this I had was not fluff this was incredible and we honor you and appreciate you thank and just you. thank you again and thank you thank y'all for being here today mm-hmm. free how can we stay in touch with you my friend um i am at free the vision everywhere um so anywhere you are it's free the vision. <laughs> <laughs> um also follow silence the shame on instagram at silence the shame on twitter and facebook at silence th shame like share comment and uh subscribe, subscribe yes to this podcast. yes yes and you can follow me at shanti das 404 Again, if you want to make a donation to the organization, you can text the word silence to 707070. Visit our website. Check out all the wonderful programming that we have going on. Remember, October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So shout out to all the warriors um, and the survivors and and those that have passed on. We honor you um, and we shine light on your lives um, and, and just bring love and light to the family members that are still here. And October 10th is World Mental Health Day. So remember to check on your friends, your strong friends, anybody. Um, just give them that grace and that space. And last but not least, take time, save a life, and silence the shame. <laughs>